listening to First Church Charlotte. All right, let's stand together. We are turning together in the word of the Lord to, I believe, the book of Isaiah, maybe? I'll have to look here in just a moment. Uh, I hope you're all having a good week. If not, well, we're going to have prayer time here in a little while, and we'll lay hands on you and get you all straightened out. Isaiah chapter number 26. Isaiah chapter number 26. Is everybody okay? I feel like we we need to start serving coffee on Wednesday night. Do we we need coffee on Wednesday night? for making time in your busy week, your busy schedule to come out. Uh, we have a lot going on next door. We have uh, all of the student ministry over there. We have thoughts for you over there. And so it just leaves us tired folks over here. You worked hard. You're one of the tired people now. So Isaiah chapter number 26, verse number three, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. How many of you would like some perfect peace in your life? The Lord will keep in perfect peace the individual who is able to live with their mind stayed upon the Lord. Because when you live that way, it's natural for you to trust in God. I want to say that one more time. When you can live with your mind stayed on Him, it's quite natural and normal for you to live with this sense of trust in your life. And so tonight I'm doing part two of Life in the Void. Part two, Life in the Void. Last week I dealt with fear. This week I'm dealing with frustrated, before for frustration I should say. Before you're seated, fist bump your neighbor and say this is for you because you know how frustrated you are. So I have spent some time reminding you of how one can use the example in Genesis chapter number one, uh, where the Lord finds a creation that is without form and void. It doesn't say that there was nothing. It just says that there was this creation that was without form and void, and there was a darkness that lay upon it. And in spite of this reality, the Spirit of the Lord was brooding over the waters. The Spirit of the Lord was nearby. And into this chaos, into this world without form, the presence of the Lord speaks. And out of the spoken word of God follows order, the beginnings of creation, and the order that is natural and appropriate to uh, to the, the working of God in the world. We all of us in our journey toward God, we all of us usually come to a moment of awareness where we need the Spirit of the Lord to speak spiritual clarity and direction into our life. How many of you have a testimony like that where you there was a, a spiritual void of sports in your life? There was a, a time of confusion, a time of worry, a time of fear, and the Spirit of the Lord was not 
very far away. And the Spirit of the Lord speaks, or began, I should say, began speaking in your life, and you receive from the Word of the Lord, you receive what? You receive direction. You receive uh, spiritual empowerment. You receive everything you need to take that next step of God's work in your life. And so I think that's true of all of us. If we were complete in ourselves, we wouldn't seek the presence of the Lord. Where's my pedal? Praise God, that's some fine preaching. Uh, if you were complete in yourself, you would not, you would not be seeking the presence of the Lord. In fact, uh, the awareness of your incompleteness can be a great gift to you. I'm always sad for people who have no perception of God in their life. Uh, they have no sense of need. They have no sense of desire for the touch of God, the anointing of God in their life. And so if you're here today, and you are not hungry, uh, you just kind of uh, allowed your life to become filled with distraction and, and, and worry and, and troubles and lists, and you're not aware of your need for God, uh, the first thing that could happen good in this service tonight is for you to be awoken to your need of the presence of God in your life. I need him. Can I have a big amen? I, I need to cultivate my hunger for spiritual life. I need to cultivate my, desi my desire for his presence. If I'm content to simply have a label and not a relationship, then I will have what a label can give me rather than what a relationship could have given me. A relationship with God will become the most transformative thing any of you could ever have in your life. A true relationship with God can make you. Now, let me just confess. Change is the hardest thing any of us do. None of us like change. Uh, change is difficult. Yet, in our flesh, change becomes almost impossible. It, it becomes something that we, we, we don't simply usually struggle with alone. We, we struggle with a sense of futility. It's like after a few weeks, months, years of effort, it's as though we just surrender. And then the passing years make us less and less flexible, so to speak. We want we don't want anything to change. We want things to stay. And this is particularly true in our nature, and yet it's our nature that needs to be changed. I don't, I don't love uh, the way I should love. I, I don't pray the way I should pray. I don't speak faith the way I should speak faith. I am always tempted to choose a coping strategy rather than a spiritual revival. I'm always tempted to choose a coping strategy, some method whereby I make it, rather than being transformed by the renewing of my mind in the presence of God. But if you only have a form of godliness, if all you have is a superstitious type of approach to God, and you, you do not have a founded faith that is rooted and grounded in his word and in his presence, then what you'll have is a coping mechanism for life, not a daily renewing of your mind, a daily spiritual regeneration of your heart. And I want it for you. I want, I want as a, a Bible teacher, I want to remind you of the great opportunity that you have to walk with him. 
Not simply to be a church member, that's great. Not simply to be an attender, that's great. But to have a relationship with Almighty, Almighty God. Uh, Things in our life incline us away from His presence. Uh, I spoke last week about fear because as a personal testimony, one of the most common ways that the enemy attacks me is to attack me in fear. It wasn't always this way. When I was younger, I did not have the same uh, open vulnerability of fear uh, that I had, that I have in my, my later years of life. I think as a young person, it's easy for us to think we know more than we actually know. And being convinced that we know so much, we're able to be rested in our spirit. How could we not know what was going on? But as you, as you live a few years and you get a few decades under your belt, I think it's, for some of us, particularly of a certain personality type, it is, uh, we become more and more, more and more vulnerable to a spiritual oppression of fear, where we can't always even define what we expect to happen. We just feel a sense of fear uh, that comes against us. I think, and this is just me being transparent, I think uh, more ministries are held back by fear than are held back by spiritual attack. I think more believers are held back from who you can be in God and what you could do in God through fear than any other type of spiritual oppression in your life. Now, spiritual oppression is real. It is. You can experience in your life the reality of spiritual oppression. But I honestly believe most of us are so quick to speak the name of Jesus in our life. If, if there's anyone here who's not quick to speak the name of Jesus in your life, let's make a change right here, right now. And let's decide from this day forward we're going to be quick to speak the name of Jesus. When we feel worry and trouble and uh, we're attacked in our spirit and we wake up with vague sense of spiritual oppression, uh, we're not going to oh, struggle, wrestle, worry. We're just going to speak the name of Jesus over that. Resist the enemy and the enemy will flee in our life. Fear is much more difficult than oppression because fear um, is the awareness of our vulnerability and the enemy attacks us in that, in that way. Um, I, however, having spent last week on fear and having giving, given you some practical things that you can control. Remember, you can't control your emotions, but you can control your words that you speak. You can't control the re- reality of your emotions, but you can control what you choose to speak in response to those uh, moments of awareness that come to you and you realize the world can hurt you and you realize you could lose your job. I mean, the moment I realized I could lose my job was terrifying. Y'all didn't laugh. Okay, I'm not, no more jokes for you. You just, you just, uh, <laughs> uh, we all of us want, we all of us want uh, security, but fear is there. Now this week I want to talk about frustration, spiritual frustration in the life, in the life of a believer, because I, I know some of you live with this, and I know some of you have created for yourself a more difficult trial to live through than you really should have, you should be living through. But the reason 
why you have made your journey more difficult is you have allowed frustration to have free reign in your life. And frustration is destroying your faith. It is destroying your mission. Uh, Your mission is not something that exists in your future. Your mission is something that exists right now. But what frustration will do is it will blind you to your mission right now. And it will cause you to give up on the mission that's in your future. So I want to talk about this reality that we all of us can be stuck in a spiritual void. We all of us can be living with a sense of spiritual chaos in our life, a a sense of not knowing what's going on and we're turning to and fro and not far from us the Spirit of the Lord is. And he broods over the chaotic waters of our life. And his word speaks to us. And so uh, living in the reality of our own potential for a spiritual void uh, is this experience of frustration. I confess to you that I have, in many many cases, uh, made my own journey harder because I, I did not know what to do with frustration. In fact, I want to be more transparent than that with all of you. And I want to confess to you that I, I, I know of no season of my life where I did not fight a battle with frustration. Is that, is that too real for you? You know, I want to be real church for real people. I don't want to be pretend church for pretend people. <laughs> I, I've seen both. <laughs> I can describe both for you very well. I want to be real church for real people, okay? And so I want to admit to you there's been no season of my, my ministry. I, this isn't tr- true for my, my, my personal uh, relationship with God. I at, at times have been quite at peace in my personal relationship with God, even growing in my personal relationship with God and living with a great sense of ministerial or leadership frustration. Uh, one of the things about leading others to faith and leading others to uh, hope and spiritual purpose is that you can only win through their good decisions. And so if the people in your life are not making good decisions, you feel like a huge failure. Uh, so I got one agreement over here from the front row. Uh, I want you to understand this. And one of the things that happens in spiritual leadership is this realization that if we can only win through other people uh, and our wins come to us through other people, then we have to admit that we don't have control of our wins. We don't have control of how good we perceive we are doing because they can only come through other people. And other people get a vote. Not only do they have a vote, they get control. All of you parents of adult children, a lot of times you will judge your own worthiness on how well your adult children are doing. But you didn't do too well in your 20s either. So have some mercy and some patience with your children in in their 20s. Now, you parents with teenagers, there's nothing I can say to you. You're just, you just, the only, my word from the Lord for you is just to survive and it'll get better someday in the, in the future. Frustration can be so destructive to anybody who lives with a sense of spiritual mission. I don't want to rush past that. Frustration can be so destructive to anybody who has a sense of calling because frustration will eat away at you from the inside out and leave you as a spiritually hollow person. I've seen it lead to great depression. I have even heard stories of ministers who... 
became so mentally unhealthy that the person who was supposed to be healing others uh, literally went into despair themselves. In some uh, rare cases, there's even been ministry uh, people, spiritual leadership people who have committed suicide because they were so unhealthy and they had created such an unhealthy reality. They did not practice confession. And so they had to pretend they were well when they were deeply, deeply sick. Uh, there was no uh, way out of their, of their frustration. Frustration causes people who have been given clear mission and clear calling. It causes them to question the mission and the calling and complain about the journey every step of the way. Further, frustration feeds fear, which feeds frustration, which feeds fear. And this negative feedback loop, a negative feedback loop, loop is just a fancy way of saying this. If you're in trouble, you tend to have more trouble than you had when you realized you were first in trouble. <laughs> uh, there's this negative feedback loop. Uh, there's a, also a positive feedback loop. When you do good, you tend to have better results, which tends to see you do better. That's a positive feedback loop. Chronic frustration can be caused by any number of factors. It can be caused by a personal dissatisfaction. It can be caused by a a habit you developed early in your life that has inclined you to spiritual dysfunction. You don't know why you're always casting away your confidence. You just know you're always casting away your confidence. Chronic frustration uh, can uh, lead to the the, the, the abandonment of call and anointing upon your life, it can literally lead to the point where the devil doesn't have to defeat you. You have defeated yourself. But I want to say to everyone who has lived with fear, hear me today, church, hear me. This is a spiritual moment. I want to speak to everybody who has lived with fear and frustration. And I want to say, yes, there is chaos. And yes, there is disorder. But not very far from you. The Spirit of the Lord moves. Not very far from you, His presence is moving. And if you will receive it, His voice will speak to you. And in the middle of that confusion, that fear, that chaos, that frustration, His Word will give you peace and will give you confidence. And you will discover, or shall I say, rediscover perfect peace. So let me real quickly talk about some of these things. We all of us have a responsibility to be honest with how well we are dealing with setback in our life. You are called to be a conqueror of the temptations of this life and the spiritual oppression in this life. You are called to be a conqueror, not through your victory, but through the victory Jesus Christ has already purchased for you. Am I helping anybody here tonight? I want to remind you, you are called to be victorious. You are not called to be frustrated, discouraged, down and out. You are called to choose the victory that Christ has purchased for you and then to live that out in your life. And you are capable of that. His spirit is invested in you. His anointing is upon you. He has adopted you into the household of the victorious. 
and he is going to be with you. And so I'm here to announce, first of all, victory over fear, and I'm here to announce victory over frustration. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be answered. If you ask, an answer will be given. And so we're going to seek, and we're going to ask, and we're going to knock. We all of us have a responsibility to be honest with how spiritually healthy we are at this moment in time. You all of you have a responsibility to review your heart and ask yourself, do you have a constant drip of negativity like an acid sliding down your soul, burning everything it touches? Or do you rather have access to the balm of Gilead that can bring healing to the wounded areas of your heart? We all of us have a responsibility to attend to the issues that are causing this toxic frustration in our life. And it's too easy for us to play a blame game both on the inside and a blame game on the outside. You have a certain context, a certain journey, a certain set of formative experiences in your life. It is possible that you're not being fair to yourself with what you're doing. It's possible that you are being negative to yourself when you actually are doing better than you think you are. It is possible that you have created a desire that is based on a person you will someday become, but you're not that person today. But you're beating yourself up today as though you are the person that God said you could become. Do you see what I'm saying? Frustration can become toxic. It could be someday we're going to possess the promised land. But if we're not standing there today, it makes no point, makes no sense for us to be harsh and ugly to ourselves. In the meantime, God might be growing us. God might be developing us. God might be, hear me churches, I make confession to you. I want so much to bless you tonight. I want my words to be a blessing to you. I want my Bible study, my lived experiences, my painful moments, my prayer time to be a blessing upon you. Hear me. Every stage of my of my journey, I have judged myself by people who were further along than I was. And I've wondered why it hurts so much. I want to speak to everyone here today, judging yourself by someone further along in your journey, further along in the story. You are not being a blessing to yourself by unfairly comparing yourself to someone else. I want to tell you this here today, and I want this to be enough. God loves you. Someday you may be a ninja, but in the meantime, God loves you. Someday you may be a black belt, but in the meantime, God loves you. Someday you might be a superhero, and when you pull your shirt open, it just says, Holy Ghost, right across your chest. Someday you might be so spiritual that when you walk, your feet don't touch the ground. But I want to tell you a truth, and it needs to be enough. God loves you so much that he adopted you into his house. Oh, I want to bless you tonight. God loves you so much that he made a place for you. That he might be with you forever. That he might have fellowship, fellowship with you. Constant negativity and continual frustration is a vicious cycle that is impossible to win. There's no way to get ahead of it. Your standards will rise faster than your abilities. 
your expectations can rise easier than your talents and your learned abilities. And this negativity can destroy you. I want to give you five simple steps. I, I've been praying a lot lately from this. In fact, it's been in my prayer every week. Lord, help me to preach and teach in a portable manner where when they leave, they're richer than when they came. Inspiration's not enough. You have to leave rich. Does that make sense? It's not enough for you to have a moment. You've got to leave richer than when you came in this place. And so I want to teach and I want to preach in a portable manner. Five things that you can take with you. Uh, these are steps with dealing with this, this toxic frustration that creeps into our life. Uh, the first one is this. Ask yourself, did I cause it? Am I the cause of this frustration? Is it something that I have done? Is it some error that I am making? Is it some a judgment that I am unfairly uh, adjudicating upon myself. Did I cause this frustration? Here is a scriptural truth for you, Galatians 6 and 7. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. We are oftentimes frustrated in our lives because we brought things upon ourselves. If you don't change the oil in your car, your car is going to break down. You're going to have a bad week. It's not personal. <laughs> Somebody say it's not personal. Your car needs to be maintained. It, it's, just a, it's just a contraption that people came up with. Uh, it needs to be maintained. If you are deeply, deeply frustrated, before you vent in an unhealthy manner, ask yourself, how much of this is my own fault because of bad stewardship decisions over time? Most of the time when we wake up when we're in a mess, you ever wake up and you're in a mess? God knows I've woke up in a mess or two of my life. You wake up, you're in a mess. You have to admit this. I didn't get here in a day. Now, maybe if you were in Vegas, you got there in a day. But for most things, um, you didn't get there in a day. Um, you, you took time to get in this mess. So it's going to take time to get out of this mess. It's going to be good decisions over time. Okay, frustration uh, cannot be blamed on God for things he didn't put on you. And the decisions we make in our life matter. If you're in financial trouble, uh, you need to go into the free training that we host here at our church. You need to go through that Crown Financial Training System. It will get you organized. It will get you debt-free. We have some of the best teachers, uh, I think, teaching at any church anywhere with uh, Brother Camp teaching that class. Um, it is something that is available to you. If your marriage is in trouble, you didn't mess it up overnight. Well, if you did, it may be a really big problem. But um, anyway, you probably let things slide, let things slide. Our, our church is uh, providing, we're in the process of providing this kind of training. Find out when the next small group that, that deals with these subjects are. Ask for a book recommendation. Ask for an older, uh, uh, more uh, spiritually strong person perhaps to, to mentor you. Take action. Don't just sit around and accept the frustration and the negativity. Ask yourself, did I cause this? Is this on me? If it's on you, make sure, number one, you'd never blame God for it. If the frustration's on you, never blame God for it. He's the source of good things in your life. Don't blame him for the bad. Second of all, never blame the church for it. The church is the people who's going to pick you up and put you back together and be a friend to you. Don't blame the church for it. And number three, please don't blame the preacher for it. 
The second thing, and this, this is a great way to approach this chronic frustration uh, that is in our life, is uh, rather than just responding emotionally to it and trying to manage it through our coping mechanisms, which oftentimes are unhealthy in themselves, ask yourself this, is there anything that I can learn from this? So first of all, did I cause it? Second of all, is there anything I can learn from this? Romans 8 and 28. The second part of the verse says this, and it is uh, very powerful and true. All things. Somebody say all things. Now, some of you wanted to say most things, but it doesn't say most things. It says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you are dealing with chronic frustration and your life is in this chaos and your life is in this this kind of uh, torment of sorts, um, you can ask yourself of whatever is going on in your life, what can I learn from it? You see, there are bad things in life. There are difficult things in life, but I promise promise you this, God's going to find a way to bring you through it with a testimony of who he is. Mm, praise God. God's going to find a way to bring you through it, not just as a survivor, but as an overcomer. What's the difference? The overcomer has a testimony. Don't survive something you're supposed to testify about. Overcome it. Don't just survive it. Yes, overcome it. Don't just survive it. The truth is you not only can learn something from it, but it can become a, a tool, a teaching tool to the people in your life God has placed you to mentor. You see, God has given you people to mentor. God has given you people to lead. And the testimony of your overcoming now turns into part of the understanding whereby somebody else can learn from your experience and grow from it. Number three, practice thanksgiving in the midst of your frustration. You need the practice. You see, the Bible doesn't teach us to exercise thanksgiving uh, when you have something to be thankful for. It teaches us you always have something to be thankful for. I'm going to preach that in another church, and they're going to go crazy on that part. And they're just going to shout and jump and swing from chandeliers. It's going to be amazing. In everything, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Somebody say, in everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What are you talking about? There is never a moment you don't have something to be thankful for. So the best time to practice is when it doesn't feel like you have a reason to. You need to tell your soul, old soul, you are having a good old time having a pity party. But I'm telling you right now, if God doesn't do anything else for you, you are blessed beyond measure. Soul, I know you're sucking your thumb and having a pity party, but I have a message to preach for you today. If you never get another blessing from heaven, if you never get another blessing of healing, if you never get another word of knowledge, God has already written your name in the Lamb's book of life, so you ought to rejoice. I'm almost done. Musicians, come and play. Number four. This is going to surprise some of you because you guys know I'm so spiritual when I walk, my feet don't touch the ground. So uh, this is going to surprise you. Um, Try to find something humorous and funny about your frustration. Learn to laugh at yourself. 
Um, I, in a, in a, in attempt to do this a few years ago, I, I, I started giving my wife phrases to use on me. And, uh, one of those phrases was, uh, this idea of having this kind of, this kind of, <laughs> almost a little embarrassed to talk about this kind of stuff, but it's like, I have this dysfunctional, uh, self-review, this like this, this, I, I'm, okay, I'll just tell you, I, I, I'm not happy if I'm not miserable. <laughs> it's, it's this dysfunctional ambition, this dysfunctional, you can just have victory and on the way home, you will come up with a list of something you should have done better. It's like this, this, some of you guys have this personality trait, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're not our own friend, right? We beat ourselves up. I want you to see that if you need to learn to laugh at yourself. Why do I say that? Because the Bible gives you a spiritual principle that is not preached about near enough because we're too busy acting powerful. Uh, sometimes we just need to laugh at ourselves. Here you go, Proverbs 17 and 22. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And I see some of you guys' face when you walk in here and I think to myself, they need some medicine. You're heavy, you're tired, you're exhausted. You got that text, that toxic negativity cycle going on the inside. You need someone to tell you a joke and get you to laugh at yourself because it is like a, med- a medicine. It is, there is something that happens when you just relax and you just say, look, God's in heaven, I'm on earth. I'm gonna let him worry for a little while. I'm gonna outsource my worry to heaven and let him worry for a little while because he won't notice my trouble and I need a break. Number five, um, make request, <clears throat> make the request for the nature of God a part of your daily prayer. In other words, ask for the attributes of God that you are failing to manifest in your life. This is a spiritual thing. Ask God for the attributes of his nature that you are failing to manifest in your life. Because God is perfect and righteous and holy and powerful and true. And if we're going to be of his kingdom, we need to have our nature changed into his. Can I have a big amen? We must have expressed in our life the nature of God, not just the personality of self. We read something like this in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Love is not easily provoked. And here we are living lives of near perfect frustration. So where are we failing? We're failing to have the nature of God expressed in our lives. And we are taught to ask. We are taught to ask. Somebody say, I am taught to ask. You have been taught scripturally to ask. And so when I am struggling and wrestling in my life, a world of toxic negativity and frustration and fear, I need to stop and I need to say, God, you are the God of peace. Would you express your peace in me? As you can see, I do not have your nature manifest in my life right now. You are the God of love and love casts out fear. And I am asking right now, oh God, that you would express your love in me as the manifestation of your nature through me. How can I be a light in my world if all I have is a whirlwind of toxic negativity going around and around and around and around? 
Wash me of that, Lord Jesus, and let your nature shine through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. want to be spiritual people, yes? We all want to walk with God. We're not just here on a Wednesday night because of duty. I mean, duty's not all bad, but there's no joy in duty. There's just duty and duty. <laughs> That's some of the most deep things I've ever shared with you here, if you'd like to write that down. Uh, there's only duty and duty, and we're all here because we want to be spiritual people. Not only that, we want to be missional. We don't want to just have a selfish Christianity. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to come to a relationship with God. We want to make it as simple as possible for people to be brought into a place where the Spirit can begin to work on them. We want to open our heart to them. We don't want any of our personal preferences to keep them away from the testimony and the gospel that is fundamental to what we value above everything else. We want to do everything. In order for us to do that, we have to be deeply spiritual people. Somebody say amen. In order for you to be an effective person of influence in your place of employment, in your neighborhood, at your children's school, <laughs> if, you, if you're uh, exposed to other parents, in, in your, 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 your hobbies, your sports, your friends, your family, uh, we need to be spiritual people. If we're not spiritual people, it won't matter if people are hurting around us, we'll never perceive it. If we're not spiritual people, it won't, be matter if we, it won't matter if we cross paths with the broken because we won't be spiritual enough to perceive and pray. It won't matter if we're religious if we don't have the heart of God and we don't know who our neighbor is. And when we come to the person in the ditch, we cross on the other side of the road. We don't know who our neighbor is. In fact, it doesn't matter how much law we know if we don't know who our neighbor is. We want to be spiritual people. We want to be directed by the Spirit of the Lord. But I'm afraid we spend so much time trying to fix our negative emotions that we fail to live in the realm of the Spirit where we're sensitive enough to make a difference in our world. And so I'm going to pray right now, and I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am praying, oh God, that you would give us the word of knowledge in our life. I'm praying that you would give us the ability to see the bad habits of chaos that we accept within ourselves. And we say, oh, it's just my personality. And we accept spiritual chaos. chaos and then we, we say, oh, that's just, that's just my fear. That's just, I'm just human. Yes, yes, yes. But you called us to a much higher place, not to live lives of spiritual chaos. But Lord Jesus, to rise above the murkiness and the confusion of human emotion and to perceive the needs of the spiritual world. Jesus, anoint these people. Every one of these people are your ambassadors. They are each of them ministers. They are each of them ministers. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.